Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. This podcast is brought to you by the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. To learn more about Spirit and Truth, check out their website, spiritandtruth.life. Today is episode 104, and I get to sit down with a legendary Mercy Me bass guitarist, Nathan Cochran. Nathan and I talk about what it was like to be a musician in COVID. We talk about their log cabin that they built to create some space for creative work. We talk about fear versus hope and their brand new album, which releases April 30th, Inhale, Exhale. Such a good dialogue. I know you're going to enjoy him, enjoy this conversation, and learn a ton. I know I did. If you do like the conversation, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review on iTunes, and share this episode with a friend. Those are the three things that you can do to help spread the word about what God is doing on this platform. I love being able to bring this content to you every single week, free, live, and in color, so to speak. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm really excited about the summer lineup. It's shaping up so beautifully. If there's anything that I can do for you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. You can find me on Instagram, best platform, at TWMilt, M-I-L-T, at TWMilt, or check out our website, reclamationpodcast.com. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Mercy Me bass guitarist, Nathan Cochran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to have with me today, Nathan Cochran. Nathan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. It's so great to be with you. And it looks like you're recording from the legendary location, the old log cabin. The 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 infamous, the legendary, the, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Yes. <laughs> yes that's where I am. Yeah. Well, I so I read about this in some of your stuff as I was researching for our interview. Uh, but I was wondering if you could share the listeners with a little bit uh, how this came to be and this process, because this is the log cabin's kind of a COVID baby? Uh, ish. Not, when was it? 20, sometime in 2018, we decided that most of us living here in Nashville now, Robbie, he still lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but the rest of us live here in Nashville. We really wanted a hub somewhere that we could call our own because we've, yeah. we've never had that before. Um, and so we started looking around the greater Nashville area for a place we could kind of call our own. We found this log cabin um i think it was built in the 70s at i think that's right um so it's been here for a long time we ended up where we were able to get it we finished it out over the course of the next year well i say finished it out I, we we got it working but uh, yeah we made we made some changes so we have we actually turned it into a functioning studio oh that's did great our entire records top to bottom here which we've never done that before and uh, but yes, it was great to have this place when our tour shut down last year, like everybody else. We literally just kind of rolled straight into here and kept working. And yeah. Working. So one of the questions I was dying to ask you is like, what's it been like? Um, what's it been like not being able to do a big part of your job? Right. Like I, I know for me as a pastor, it's been weird preaching to empty rooms. Yeah. Um, and you know, although the, you know, the internet's full of blessings and all that jazz, but like at the end of the day, like it just feels different. How, how, how did COVID impact you and uh, you know, and, and kind of the way that you do your craft and, and I don't know, I'm interested to hear about all that. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I don't think it hit us until probably last fall. Mm. Um, 
but we have never in our adult lives been home this much. Wow. Um, I mean, I started traveling and playing music when I was 19. And so for 20 some years, I mean, we've been on the road. I, you know, I, I, my own bed more in the last year than ever. It feels like, but we had a, a lot of really good family time. Um, it was a good, I, you know, and every, everybody's kind of in a different situation. We were actually able to roll in and kind of keep working, even yeah. though we weren't able to travel and play shows. And a lot of guys weren't able to do that. So it's been pretty rough um, just for our industry all around. Sure. You know, not just for us, but I mean, the guys on the crews that aren't in the bands that just instantly had no work. So it's rough for those guys, but we were able to roll in here, keep working on a record. Um, in some ways it was, it was a good break. We had, we were coming off of our last two records, Welcome to the New and Lifer. And then the I Can Only Imagine movie right on the heels of all that. So we were coming off of about four years of a really, really busy season. And so having a bit of a break was probably good for all of us. Um, as far as the reasons for that, you know, that we were on the break, um, we just kind of rolled with the punches with that. Yeah. Um, it floated around through some of us and family close to us. Nobody was really sick. And so, I mean, it's been, it's been okay. Obviously we've had people we've known around us that have been sick, but. Um, you know, yeah. And, and I mean, that's, I think that's probably been true for all of us, right? We're living in that tension of like, man, it's all happening around us. It's happening to us. Yeah. It's oh, happening yeah. with us. Uh, I'm curious, did you have any big, um, I don't know. Did you, did you learn anything about God in this time of, uh, I don't want to call it rest because you were still working, but in, in a different season, what, what did, what did you learn about God? Yeah, that would be a great question to ask each of us individually because everybody, yeah. everybody, of course, handles this a little bit differently. I know um, my wife and I early on started asking a lot of questions about um, if, it, you know, as things would come up, if I realized there's things that we're kind of anxious about, you know, maybe fearful is a better way to put it, however you want to look at it. Um we uh, we we found ourselves and thankfully really quick stopping and saying, okay, if that's the case, what am I putting my hope in? Mm. What's what's able to steal my joy? What's able to rob me of the promises I have in God that I know are true? You know, what are those things that are able to rob me of that so quickly? Um, and so that's been good. That's been in the back of our minds this whole time. Um, I personally, am, I'm not shy, but I'm an introvert. And so being, you know, having to be home and do things around home and then come in, work on the record as we needed has been great for me personally, <laughs> you know, because I don't mind, I don't mind being home. Um, but yeah, I, but I honestly can't say, I can say honestly that not all of us in the band have dealt with it the same way. Sure. You know, you know, some of us struggle a little bit with not being on the road and, you know, what does that mean? That's kind of disrupted my family life, kind of the way we live, because I am gone quite a bit, you know, that whole thing. And so and that's really not um, not necessarily unique. I mean, it, anybody who doesn't travel but still went into work, but then all of a sudden found themselves having to stay home all the time, it can be a little disruptive. So I'm sure in that sense, we've learned things just like everybody else. That's been a it's been easy to learn a lot about yourself. Amen sure. to that. I, yeah. I was in the army for a long time, like a reserve 16 years. 
And one of the things that I've learned is like COVID in this season is the deployment that nobody asked for. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because it's a prolonged period of, of stress. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like your normal routine is probably see your family, go away for a while, see your family, go away for a while. How, how, um, how did your, how'd your wife feel about having you home so much? Yeah. Um, she's always great with having me home. And and again, I, maybe I make it a little easy on her because I'm, I always joke around and say, I go to work so I can be home. Yeah. Kind of how I put it. Um, it, uh, there's been, there's been, I, I struggle with this a little bit again, because I didn't mind being home. I really enjoyed the fact that I didn't have to leave sure. because I was already a bit in that mindset. It wasn't so much for me that I struggled now being home. It was that a bit of struggling that I didn't miss being gone. Mm. If that makes sense. It was a little different for me that I was realizing really okay with not being on the road. And so I, you know, yeah. Questions yeah make- did, have my passions changed? You know, what's, what's, what's going on here, but it, we, we were actually able to play a show about a month ago in Florida for the, it was March 6th, right? Yeah. Yeah. March 6th. I have in my notes was your first show in a year. Yeah. Almost. I think it was maybe a week short of a year, but right out of a year. Um, and, but that was fantastic just to be back in front of people playing music again. So, um, it's not that I realized I didn't want to be on the road. It was that, you know, it kind of confirmed in me that I was okay. If that goes away as a part of my life, which I think was healthy to be able to realize that. So first of all, um, kudos to you for being honest about it. Cause sometimes I think being an introvert is often looked down upon in our communities, you know, in in our culture, right? Like, Hey, but, but the truth is, is that your mission didn't change. The method did. Right. And right. what we're talking about here is a methodology, not a missionology, you know. And, right. and exactly. so I, I think you're I think you're spot on. And you're probably talking to a lot of people who are like, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, there were some Sundays where I recorded sermons uh, beforehand and it was really nice to drink yeah. coffee with my wife on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. My, I'm uh, like, I'm here for this. This is what's brunch. Let's brunch. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it. My uh, my dad was a senior pastor of my church um, all beginning about when I was about 13 into my mid 20s. He pastored that church. And so I get it. Just, <laughs> here we go. Sunday. Got time to make the donuts. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I always love to ask uh, PKs because I got three of my own. Right. So I have three kids. My oldest is 15. My youngest is uh, nine. Um, what what is what was the biggest memory you have of growing up as a pastor's kid? Ooh, our church wasn't overly big. I think at the most we had about 200 adults at one time was, I I think is as big as it ever got. And so because of that, um, and my dad, my mom and dad both were really, really great about asking me to be involved Mm. so that I, so that what they were doing didn't feel like I became myself and my sister didn't become secondary to what was happening at the church because they involved us with what was going on. So it really felt like a part of the ministry there. Um, uh, Biggest memories. I remember seeing a lot of people um, finding a lot of joy. Mm. I remember my dad, I I was actually just talking to my son about this the other day. my dad had always said that he really, really wanted to work himself out of a job. 
Yeah. Which what he meant by that was he wanted people to be um, so inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit to minister that he was going to show up one Sunday and nobody was there because they were all out ministering. No, they all realized on. there were needs to fill. And that's, that's what so he wanted awesome. to do. And so I, 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 maybe that's different than a lot of PKs, their stories, but um, that those are the things that I remember the most. Uh, so one of my biggest fears is that my kids are going to grow up and have a grudge against Jesus because of my right. work. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so anytime I see a PK who, who clearly still loves the Lord, I'm like, yes, I'm here yeah. for it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that my dad, he was always my dad. He never tried to pastor me. Hmm. If that makes any sense. And so that, you know, and he came into this as a layman as well. He, you sure. know, we, we started going to the church when I was young, you know, kind of a natural progression. My dad became an elder and then associate pastor. And then when that pastor moved back to a different town, my dad became the head pastor. And so we were all learning together. That's great. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. good. Uh, so a new album coming out April 30th, inhale, exhale. Yes. Um, do, first question is super practical. Did you guys come up with the name? Um, how, when do you come up with the name of an album? Cause it feels so, uh, it feels so appropriate for the season that we're in. I'm right. curious if this is like, if, if long-term or short-term planning and how that comes to be. Yeah. Um, it's been a little different on every record. Um, a record, let's say like one of our record, the generous Mr. Lovewell, that title came on fairly early. One, because we had written that song a little early. And two, that was kind of the first time we had ever decided as a, a theme for the whole record that we were trying to kind of stick to. Um, all the other records, and this one included, um, the titles have come later hmm. in the process. Um, we actually had about four different titles for this record, uh, Spaceman. At one point, if you saw our video for Almost Home, that's, you know, we had the guy in the spacesuit running around in that. And so that floated around for a long time. But um, we did settle on inhale, exhale. And like you said, it felt like a good, um, a good conversation starter for where we've been for the last year. Um, we joked around a little bit saying that on this record with the songs, we either wanted people to be um, inspired and maybe cry, which is cheesy, um, or make you dance one of the two yeah the quote the quote i was going to ask you about it says if it doesn't rip your heart out it better make you dance yeah yeah uh i mean do we want anything else right now i don't think so listen i'm here for just some raw emotion any chance we get and i think that i i how hard is it to write with that intent um well it could have been a lot harder the fact that we had a lot of time to work on this record and we actually have our own place that we don't have time constraints on, um, yeah. made that a lot easier. Um, we had at one point between 40 and 50 songs or some of them were just kind of tracks, but, uh, I'll say songs to work off of. We had, you know, out here behind me, we actually have our old school dry erase whiteboard that we wrote everything down on and we would mark them off saying, ah, we don't like this. And then it would go back on the board. Um, so we had a lot of time to figure out what, you know, what's the tone for this record? What do, what do we actually want to do this time? Mm. And we've never, and I don't really, 
I personally don't really believe it's the place of music and the way we're doing it to do this, but we're not trying to create a systematic theology out of one song or a record for that matter. I don't think we're actually able to do that. And so you kind of have the freedom to jump around a little bit. Yeah. Talk about different themes, which is okay. Um, and in that, how do you want to present that? And so we, you know, we've got some different things sonically this time than people have heard from us before, which is exciting. And um, I, I, I think we're real proud of it. There's 16 tracks on this one, which a couple of them are kind of interludes. If you want oh, to I love that, we haven't done that before. So it, we had a lot of fun making this record and uh, it was, you know, we of course had the five of us here, but then we had producers around us all the time too. So it was, it, it was this great kind of community we had for months at a time working on this record, which was really cool. Well, so, so let me ask you this, right? Uh, I think that, uh, anytime an organization or a small group of people can stay together for as long as you guys have, you learn a lot about relationships. Um, and so wh- how do you, um, how do you keep things fresh? And, and I know you guys aren't married to each other, but it's, I mean, I would imagine that in seasons, close, it's got to feel like it, right? Like close enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, how long have you guys been together? Since 1994. That's a long time. It is a long time. That's a long yeah. time. What, what's the key to what's the key to freshness? What's the key to still loving each other? What's the key to writing good songs together? Yeah, I wish there was a. I wish there was an actual key. Yeah, you could, you could bottle it and sell it. Yeah, <laughs> we you know we've always treated this, acted like this was a family, mm. um, and is in some respects. Robbie is my brother-in-law. Okay. We grew up in Missouri together. I married his sister. Um, but yeah, we treated this like a family. Wait, did you, were you already in the band at that point? No, we were, it was, well, we started dating before I joined the band. So oh. had that, you know, it was okay. He Did he, did you have to get his blessing? No, oh. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I did go. I, I went to my, I went to my now father-in-law. Yeah, sure, sure, I sure. Do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I just kind of told him, Hey, I, well, I just had this feel. I had this feeling like, uh, like if I was another member of the band and you started dating his sister, <laughs> bro, don't mess this up for me. I, know, I think we got I a good thing. Don't mess this up. We had the benefit of knowing each other since we we're, you know, 10, 11 years old. So, okay. He, sorry. He Sidetrack. He knew it was coming. Yeah. He's, good. It was okay. Yeah. Good. Good. He's good. Still good. Okay. With it. So, you know, <laughs> Well, not, I mean, now you're in, so it doesn't matter now. Right? Yeah, we're on speaking terms. It's okay. So, okay, you were saying, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, we, uh, yeah, we've had to treat this like family. Um, I think it was Bono from U2 said that being in a band is a little bit like being in the mob. You don't get out unless you die. Mm. And so <laughs> it feels a little bit like that. And, and two, it was kind of, what else are we going to do? Yeah. We kind of got to that point where we, you know, we've all invested our youth into this. We've been doing it for a long time. We don't really want to be doing anything else. We love what we do. We love the ministry that we have. Um, getting to the point now in our career where we're seeing a bit of a legacy, if that makes sense. Oh, and, sure. Man, that's really, really exciting for us. And we're not, we're not the youngest kids on the block, but we're still doing this. And that's exciting as well, you know, still able to do this. And so you have to, you have to learn how to trust each other and you have to learn how to receive trust as well. Um, 
Tell me more about that. Receiving trust. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. You, uh, sometimes it's easy to say, okay, you know, I like your idea. I'll go with that. But when it's turned around on you, you're all of a sudden responsible for what you've said. You're responsible for your ideas and you got to follow up on that. And receiving trust means that you're okay if they get upset with you when things don't go well, because neither one of you are going anywhere. That's where that, that trust kind of lies. That's where that family love, if you want to put it that way, comes, comes in of, of I'm going to trust you enough to allow you to fail, even though it's going to affect me, Mm. Um, you know, and you, man, you've developed some really, really good character between um, in and of yourself and as an organization, as what we do as mercy me, these individuals coming together as mercy me. Um, Cause you know um, not that it's a really good example, but kind of like you mentioned being in the military, you have a really close knit group of people that have some really um, in some cases, extreme experiences together. And only those people understand what those experiences are like as that group. And so, you know, you, do you give yourself in those situations? Do you allow yourself to be trusted? Do you allow yourself to trust those around you? Are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to learn from those experiences? And I think we've been good about that with each other, about not turning our backs on each other when sometimes maybe we had reason to, but choosing to say, you know what, I'm, I want to love you in spite of this. Will you do the same for me? Um, man, that's not, that's rarely ever fun. <laughs> right. It's certainly, yeah. it's certainly not easy. Do, no. do you have uh, I love to get super practical. Do you, do you have any practices either individually or as a group that you guys do to help build that culture? Cause I, I imagine there's somebody who's listening right now that you're probably just reading their, their mail, so to speak. And mm-hmm. they're in either a relationship or they're, they're in a work situation where they need to, to allow this to happen. How, how would you tell somebody to get started? Gosh, um, getting over fear hmm. is a big part of it. And that can look like, it could look like anxiety for some people and it can look like pride for some people. I would think, you know, you can, you can be fearful of an outcome and that come across as you being overbearing and wanting your own way. Mm-hmm. All, all the time can come across as forms of anxiety where you you choose to not speak up and you let things happen all around you in spite of you um neither of which are kind of healthy places to be as a person or as an organization if you're working with other people or as a family if you're looking at it that way yeah um so i would start there figure out the things that are that create fear in you and if, if fear pops up, how does that, what does that look like in you? Is it anxiety? Is it pride? You know, how does that, and then uh, if you need to change, how do you do that? I mean, yeah. God, God's made promises that he's going to be with you no matter what you choose here. So yeah. it'll be okay. Hey man, I, I, I had Carlos Whitaker on the podcast and he always says to pray the promise, not the problem. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that feels, yeah. it feels very similar uh, talking about fear, you guys are getting ready to go back on tour, um, which, by the way, I love. I love the fact you're going to like minor league ballparks. Yes, I, I love. So I'm a baseball nut. 
Okay. Um, I'm here in Southwest Ohio, big Reds fan. And both my boys are playing baseball. My daughter's playing softball. Uh, what, what's your biggest fear about going back on tour? I, I mean, how are all the emotions, especially knowing that you're going to have to kind of shift your methods again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest, the things that I don't want to concern us most, the, the things that are most frustrating is trying to please everybody. Mm. If that makes sense. Cause there's no perfect way we're going to be able to do this. We can't just, I mean, as much as anybody would want to, you can't just jump back into it and fill an arena full of people right now. That's not going right. to happen. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the things we're having to deal with are because of liability. Yeah. And so that creates its own set of issues. Anybody that owns a business or does anything like that probably understands what I'm talking about. Um, and that creates, you know, I can, again, that can create its own issues internally. Everybody's got to agree on policy. How, you know, how are we going to do things? Cause nobody right. really knows in some situations you got to, but you got to make a decision. Um, so we're going to move forward. I mean, we're going to do our best to, you know, everywhere we go, we're going to kind of, we're, it's really an issue of doing things consistently is yeah. how we're having to look at it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, we're just excited about the fact that we're figuring out a way to get back on the road for now. I mean, there, there are ways to do things here and there, but doing things like the drive-in shows, there were only a few of those that we could do. And even at that point, it was honest, it was honestly going to cost us a lot of money to do that. Yeah. We just weren't able to do it. Um, well, for me, like I, I guess you know, who doesn't love a good, uh, who doesn't love a good uh, concert, right? Or you know, experience. But in a car, it feels weird to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, like I, we didn't. I mean, my family didn't do any of that, right? Because we were just like, uh, I'm not sure the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Like, yeah, oh and, sure. And and I would imagine as an artist who just wants to connect with people, right? Like, that's not being able to like see them see them yeah i don't know yeah you you spend a lot of time trying to craft songs make a record and then you want to present that to people who are paying a ticketed price to come see you right you know so you want to do that well you want it to look good you want it to sound good all these things and have them sit in their car and watch it just it, it wasn't ideal I, I and not to say i i understand why everybody was sure yeah do it but it just wasn't it wasn't something we knew we were going to be able to keep up with so we didn't need we just kind of waited now are you going to these ballparks on off days or are you in a in cooperation with the the, the ballpark or both for, for now it's on off days okay i was just wondering if you needed to be working on your your opening pitch right like and yep. I'm sure you've done yep. that before. Do you guys practice that sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've never called us up, though. I don't get it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. We've gotten to do batting practice a fun times, uh, a couple times, which has been fun. Uh, where are we at? Um, in Arizona, I guess, the last okay. time we did it. And, uh, man, I swung for the fences. And I actually hit the back wall once. Which was Let's fun. go. That's what I'm talking I did. about. I did. But. It, it took everything I had to hit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that! I love that. Uh, so the new the new album comes out April thirtieth. What what's your biggest uh, what's your biggest hope? Or I, my a lot of my listeners are very uh, fervent prayers. How can we pray for this album and for for you guys? Yeah. Um. I if we're gonna have a prayer request, I w- it's always for 
you know, health and safety for our families. Sure. Um, as far as the album itself goes, man, we really pray that people are able to connect with it in an honest way, not just be entertained. Cause we don't, we don't really write songs um, proactively as in we're trying to manipulate somebody into feeling something or thinking something. We, we, we always write from what we're going through our own life experiences, trying to be honest. And so yeah. I hope that comes across as well, that people understand that this is something birthed out of who we are as individuals, what we've been going through, what we're seeing. Um, yeah. And I hope that comes across. And as well, I, you know, just kind of as a simple thing, I hope people think it's worth the wait. You know, it's been, it's been what, I, I guess, four years since our last record. And wow. so it's been, a, it's been a long time since we've had a new group of songs to put out for everybody. And so we're, does we're that feel vulnerable for you? Because as you said that I felt vulnerable on your behalf. Yeah. Um, not yet, but now that you bring it up, <laughs> I'll say we get, we'll do pastoral counseling afterwards. Okay. I'm sorry about right. that. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. I hope everybody thinks my kids are good looking. <laughs> right. uh, uh, um, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, that, that has kind of changed the longer we've done this. Um, there's well, I mean, you, I mean, you guys are kind of legends, right? So like, oh, gosh, I, I mean, I don't know if you like being called that or not, but I, That's I teased fun. that I was having this interview today on my Instagram and someone was like, what the heck? You know, it's like, I mean, you guys are a big deal, right? <laughs> Man, the gray hair proves it. I'm <laughs> you. No, uh, I, you know, we still love what we do. I yeah. mean, we're hoping that people enjoy the songs it's it's a little bit at the point now where we're kind of we're having to start making music because we like it first Mm. and hope everybody else likes it because if you keep just trying to you know just trying to keep a machine yeah churning and trying to crank out stuff that doesn't that doesn't last very long for everybody involved and so um yeah there's some there's some cool stuff on here i we're happy we we we've already videoed some of it on our mm. own done some live performance stuff and it's enjoyable for us to watch back so I, listen i love the start. single that i love the single that you guys have already kind of teased out there it was excellent i got I had the opportunity to listen to that and yeah. uh, i mean i'm i'm super excited uh i know that my listeners are going to want to connect with you and uh and tour dates and where to download yeah. the album what's the best place to do all of that uh you can get the record anywhere you can download stream music or cds if anybody's got them anymore i might have i might have some um uh you can find us our website is mercyme.org.org yeah um don't go.com because that sends you to a hospital in maine oh hey oh that'll be confusing um they won't give us the website it's frustrating (laughs) yeah (laughs) um uh we're on instagram and all that stuff even though we're not good at it. If you search around, you can find us. I'm like, I, I, listen, I saw your Instagram. You guys have been doing some stuff on there. We're on there. We're still a little bit like Instagram. Oh, I got to do a post. I forget. <laughs> I'm just old enough that I kind of forget. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do social uh, media. And, and you're, you're, uh, I'll, I'll link, I'll tell you what, I'll link to the show notes, your individual uh right. instagram handle on there and and uh i mean you you've got good content out there you guys put out a promo video for the tour and True. that was that was True. fun that was fun a bunch of guys sitting on a front porch can't go wrong there yeah. so yeah you can tell we put a lot of work into it <laughs> <laughs> well you put you at least put some thought into it right yeah. like well, i mean we, we were here at the cabin we said hey let's sit outside and it started pouring rain right as soon as we went out there so if you listen close you can 
hear our cameraman shaking because he's standing <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> I heard the rain. I actually, uh, you could you could kind of see the rain and uh, it, it, like nights. And I thought to myself, I wonder who's holding the camera. <laughs> it's our friend Brody who does a lot of our uh, web design and yeah. all that stuff. But we did two or three takes just to make him stand out there for a long time. As you should. That's As right. you yeah. should. That's right. He deserved it. Uh, okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. All right. And um, I'd like for you to go back and give yourself one piece of advice. And and uh, except I like to take people to a specific time. So okay. let's go to uh, your last show um, before the shutdown. If you have the opportunity to go back and give Nathan one piece of advice at the end of that show, what would it be? Be careful of your assumptions. Um, that's good. Yeah. I'm probably that's that's it's a little unfair. I'm probably not just thinking of myself because mm. at that point we were all in the same room together. Um, yeah, be careful of your assumptions. Don't be. And for me, honestly, that ties in again with about, about fear. Um, yeah. And I don't want to pigeonhole that into meaning one thing. Like I already talked about, that can look different in different people. Um, yeah, be careful about your assumptions because you you can easily try to make policy off an assumption and you might be wrong. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's so good. Nathan, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. I'm so excited to see you guys out on tour. I'm hoping to make it to Lexington. I was just talking to my wife about that. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the closest spot for us, but I'm, I'm super excited to see you guys doing what God definitely made you guys to do. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. We're looking forward to it as well. What a great conversation with Nathan. I love the way that he talks about the creative process. The motto for this album, if it doesn't rip your heart out, it better make you dance. Whew, that's like a motto for life, I think. I loved it, loved his heart, loved the way he shared his stories, and it kind of makes me want an old log cabin. I don't know about you, but it sounds like so much fun. Thank you so much for being with me on this conversation today. Thank you to Nathan. Do me a favor, go follow him on the socials. Let him know that you heard him on the Reclamation Podcast. Tell him how much you enjoyed the dialogue. Also, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review on iTunes, and share this episode with a friend. It really goes a long way to spread the word about what God is doing right here, right now. Hey, have a great week. We'll see you guys real soon.